0: Hi everybody, Greg Rust and Andrew Van Leeuwen with you for this edition of the KTM Summer Grill. In August 2023, our next guest picked up an Australian title in the trophy class of GT racing. The future looks very bright with opportunities in the Bathurst 12 hour and perhaps even beyond. Renee Gracie, welcome.
1: Thank you, thank you for Congratulations, that was huge. Yeah, it's been a, a big year. It's a very big year. Can't believe I wrapped it up before the year was actually done, which means it was an even better year.
0: Tell me about the idea of actually stitching together the program to tackle 2023 in the first place? And was it with the ultimate goal of pursuing a Bathurst 12-hour or, you know, something even beyond our shores?
1: I feel like it was a long process. It was something that I started to ignite probably late, mid to late 21. So I started, I thought about it, I messaged a few people, felt that it was going to be relatively difficult, put it on the back burners a little bit, and then I think in 2022... I thought, you know what? I'm sick of thinking about it. I'm sick of being asked. I'm sick of fans asking me all the time and people messaging me. And there was obviously a demand for me to get back into racing. Racing, And it it was really hard to keep telling people, oh, no, like you can't do it. And they'd be like, yeah, but why? And I think I was just running out of excuses. (laughs) So I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. So pretty much from there, it was pretty much just messaging everyone I knew dabbling in a few things talking to a few people just getting an an understanding in the lay of the land I think took the most amount of time just realizing where I could go um, who would want me who I would run with what categories are good how much tv time people are getting and really sort of just piecing the puzzle together Um, and then I was fortunate enough to be over in America and I, I met a few people from OnlyFans there and jokingly I was sort of like oh you guys should sponsor me to go back racing I'm looking at going back racing and they're like yeah send us an email and let us know so then I came back home to Australia and I was like hey I was really being really serious about that (laughs) I wasn't joking um let's talk and then yeah it just developed and then before I knew it I I had them on board and things got serious and yeah and here we are
0: awesome
2: you talked about you know some of the external factors that led to you going back to racing in terms of you know people asking about it did you miss it when you weren't doing because obviously you would have got into it in the first place because you love Going racing, did you miss it during that stint on the sidelines?
1: When I was done and when I was out, I didn't miss it Mm. for a while. I, I hated everything about motorsport, I hated the people in motorsport, I hated my experience in motorsport towards the end, everything about it towards the end, I just almost was just spiteful of everything that I went through and I was just very, very over it to say the least.
0: So what changed uh, then? What changed? What made you kind of fall back in love with it again? Why, why did you?
1: I think I was always in love with it and I think the, the underlying thing for me is that it was the external factors that I hated, it wasn't the sport that I hated, it mm-hmm. was I loved racing, I loved motorsport. It was my whole life. It was my my plan A and my only plan in my whole life from Mm. when I was 13.
0: Politics and everything else. It was everything else just Mm. got in the way.
1: So I feel like for for me, it was recognising that when I obviously got into a position where I was a bit more financially stable, my life was sort of gathering itself back together, I, I missed the... The adrenaline and the enjoyment, I feel like I had never done anything since I left motorsport that was as exciting and as fun and the personal growth and the development and the, you know, you're always pushing in motorsport, you never take a back step, you're always moving forward and even though you think you might be moving backwards, you've actually still moved forward and I missed that personal development and that push and that adrenaline and everything that motorsport has to offer, I was I was missing that thing in my life, I had never really had a that spark ever since. So, I think for me, I, I realised that I didn't hate the sport like I thought I did. And I think it took time for all of that to dissolve and all of those emotions to, to really disappear into the, the distance where they didn't come back up and I didn't get like PTSD again. Um, and that's when I sort of really realised, like, I love this sport and I shouldn't let other people determine, first of all, my emotions towards the sport and hating the sport, which I should have never have let happen, but unfortunately it did. And then I also shouldn't let those people determine if I actually like the sport and if I want to go racing. I should just be able to go race because I love going racing so that was sort of always there in the background but I just never really realised it.
2: Has the reintroduction been you know obviously you you obviously had some concerns about some of the personal relationships and things that had, had taken its toll on you has the reintroduction to the world sort of maybe been better than you expected?
1: Substantially better than what I expected. Very cautious in the beginning, especially in that sort of 2021, 2022 phase. I feel like it was very much so, it was just hard then. And I think obviously, motorsport with COVID and there was just a lot going on in the world. And I think that it was just not quite right and it wasn't the right time. I tried and I worked on a few things and it just didn't quite work. And I think coming with OnlyFans sponsorship, showing people that I was legit and showing people, look, I was knocking on your door in 2021. I'm back here again. I want to go in 2023. Let me go racing. So I Mm. feel like it was probably persistence on my behalf and annoying people and and not giving up. And I think it was just meant to be. Everything sort of worked out. And I think because of that, I came in with OnlyFans sponsorship. I wanted to do it properly. I wanted to do it professionally. I wanted to prove a point, prove my point that I'm allowed to come back. I want to come back. I love motorsport. I love racing. Let me back in. Um, And I think... People gave me the opportunity, and I think people just were like, you know what, respect, she's back. No one could say anything in the beginning. Obviously, people still had things to say, but I think it was a level that when I actually made it happen and it got to the point where I was going racing again, people were just like, you know what, she obviously must love the sport because she's Mm. back here again and she's come back after all this time. And I think there was sort of credit when credit was due kind of vibes in the beginning.
0: Was the GT thing strategic, did you think? I'll go and play there, that, that might be a better world for me for whatever reason given how you perhaps felt at the end of the, of the supercars side of things and, and has it been what you hoped it would be by going that, that way?
1: So in the beginning, I was actually looking at doing Carrera Cup because mm-hmm. Carrera Cup was where it all started for me. I obviously raced with McAlray Racing, loved being there with them. Great team, great guys. Some of the guys that I st- we worked with in the beginning are still Absolutely. there. So yeah. I'm just like, I would love to work with them again. Like my number one's still there that I had. Like it was, you know, bringing back all these memories and I thought what a great thing to do. But obviously there's, there's things with it. running OnlyFans, whether the teams will have me, who will run me. A lot of these guys have customer racing, so they have people who, you know, might not want to be around my car and my sponsorship, mm-hmm. so there was a few things, and I and I did speak to, to Barry a lot, who runs um, Carrera Cup Australia, and he was very helpful, and he was amazing with with the whole process. Um, but it wasn't until it sort of got serious, where they were having to get so- things signed off, and we hit the road bumps of well, it's a it's all televised on Fox Sport, it's a mm-hmm. full V8 Supercar calendar. You know, they don't want you; they're not going to televise you. You're not going to get televised. It's not going to be worth your time. And then through all of those negotiations and chats got wind that I was looking for a drive. So they welcomed me with open arms. Mm. Um, they were just like, it's going to be a lot easier. We've got some speed series rounds. We're not going to block you and ban you and we're going to support you. Um, and then, yeah, I sort of opened my eyes up and thought, yeah, something that I didn't really think about in the beginning. It's not something that I know. I think I went for something that I was comfortable with. And then I sort of thought to myself, well, I'm always throwing myself in deep end, so I might as mm. well just chuck myself in something that i got no idea about and a car that I've never driven before and hope for the best, and it's worked out great. It's It's been the best re-entry that I could have asked for. I've got no complaints. I've got no qualms. There's not one thing that I'm not happy with, or how it went, from the way I was treated through the GT categories, the teams, some of the guys who are racing in the GTs I raced with in Porsche Carrera cup, so I know a lot of people. And I feel like it was just, you, you couldn't have written a better script in, in my eyes to help how the return went
2: the scope for gt racing is huge as well because you do have the opportunity to go and race the exact same car overseas and i guess you know this can open a lot of doors as opposed to one mate porsche racing where you become a one mate porsche racer and that's kind of it
1: and that was the the beauty of it. And that was a little reason why I went to Carrera Cup because it's got the global recognition. It's also a good brand to be associated with and to be seen with. So to be saying, you know, I race a Porsche. People go, oh, wow, what Porsche? And, you know, you've got enthusiasts out there and Porsche is such a really strong brand just in conversation in general. It's, mm. it's just a really good thing to talk about. When I'm talking to sponsors and OnlyFans, you say, hey, we could be racing a Porsche Carrera Cup car. And they're like, oh, Porsche. And they get excited about the brand. I also know how Porsche look after you know, with the, the corporate tents and the the catering and all the nice fancy stuff that they get, which is a great selling point as well. So there was there was a lot of things that, that drew me to it, but what I didn't realise is that GT offer basically the same thing almost on a better scale. Like you said, it's it's copy and paste. I can race the same car anywhere in the world. You know, there's basically the identical series just run in different countries. Mm-hmm. So once I sort of got hit up with the GTs, I was like, this is just like it's so perfect for, for everything that I want. And, and that's when I sort of realised that, you know, everything else – doesn't really make sense it was all leading to the one thing and so many boxes were being ticked and while i never we talk about oh, i can go overseas that was never the plan but it's obviously it's mm. just it's a talking point it's 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 relatability for people who watch me from overseas who might have interest in stuff in america or in europe they can come and watch me and they understand how the category works so yeah the gt category is just it's amazing and i've enjoyed every second
0: new car in adelaide how was that Amazing. And, and what's next?
1: <laughs> the new car was beautiful. I loved it. I already miss it. I wish I was doing more laps. I was. I always said to everybody at the end of Adelaide, I was like, "Oh, sucks. This is the last round. I <laughs> wish it was the start of the season because mm. I've just finished on such a high and I've just learnt so much. And I almost just want to, you know, go do a test day or cut some laps again. Just so I've, I've absorbed so much in that short period of time at Adelaide. Obviously, mm. it's like I don't want it to end. I want it to keep going. I want to keep moving forward. So, um, sort of a sad thing because it was such a great car. I enjoyed every second. The car was was beautiful. It was such a big jump compared to the car that I was in. I wasn't expecting that. While everyone told me that they were different, I was guess a bit sceptical because you look at the cars and you're like, oh, you know, they're two, three seconds quicker than me. They're the same car. They've just got you know body. You know the body's been changed, and you know how different can they really be? How late can they really break? How fast can they really go? I was, I guess, as a as driver, I sort of always sort of pushing myself to go faster, and I was always a bit like, oh, how much better can they really be? And yeah, I did one lap at Winton at the test stand. And I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's how much better they really are. I was like, here I am all year just busting my ass to be as fast as these guys in front of me, and I'm like, there's just no way I could have the the car is just it's amazing. It's that by hands down the best race car I've ever driven, not that I've driven a lot, but it is just, it's what dreams are made of for a racing car driver.
2: So one of the quirks of GT racing is obviously the driver rating system, probably for anyone who knows race car drivers, the only time they'll ever talk themselves down is when they're trying to get down a peg or two (laughs) on the, the, usually they are are usually a confident bunch, but every now and then when it comes to trying to get an FIO rating, they'll go, I'm not that good, but um, you're in a bit of an interesting position because a couple of Bathurst 1000 starts doesn't do you many favours in that. Uh, in that space and you're kind of at this silver rating. Mm. Talk us through that a little bit.
1: Yeah, so with the the rankings, there's bronze, silver, gold, platinum um, and it's – the, the, it's it's ranked, in my opinion, weirdly because of what I'm going through. I think it's quite a strange ranking system. But um, when I applied after I didn't have my CAMS license, I obviously renewed it for a few years after I left racing, but then ultimately I, I left yeah. it altogether. So I didn't have one for about three years. Um, and then when I reapplied for it, I got silver straight off the bat. And I was like, "Well, why am I silver? That's scary. Like, oh, I'm not really sure. So we applied to get a dispensation and we got bronze based off the fact that I had had six years in between races and I had had so long between, obviously, stints in a car and driving of any any anything at all. Um, and I, I've done bronze this year in the trophy. You needed to be bronze to do the trophy so it all made sense for my return. But obviously having quite a successful year. Um, age is a big thing, being under 30. Um, obviously they've renewed my year that I've had this year which has obviously been a good one and they've made me a silver so we're in a bit of a pickle at the moment because how the ranking system works is if you're a bronze you can pair with a silver or a gold and you can do like a pro-am pairing Um, if you're a bronze you can do the amateur class by yourself or or on your own like what I did this year Um, and if you're a a gold or a platinum or a silver you need to be paired with a bronze so it sort of it it evens itself out you have essentially it's meant to be a good and a bad driver but some bronze drivers are very 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 good and essentially in theory should be gold some of them Um, so what you want to be is you want to be a really good bronze driver because everyone wants you you're a hot commodity when you're a good Mm -hmm. bronze driver so I've obviously been bronze this year and I was very lucky but um, being a silver it's just difficult because now I'm in in the situation where I will need to have a bronze driver I'm obviously covered in OnlyFans sponsorship who who is gonna come along with a little old Renee into an OnlyFans Audi and, and race with me for the year. So that's the biggest the biggest pickle that I have at the moment mm. in, in racing is is being categorized. That silver it's sort of in my eyes it's I think it's I don't know. It's, it's not negative. I mean, it's good. Like you said, you want to be downgraded. It's good that obviously they're seeing that there's obviously potential in my history, but at the same time, there's no leniency and they're Mm -hmm. quite strict, which I also understand, but I feel like there needs to be some flexibility and, We was saying before, like with some of the bronze drivers that were there, we was still a second and a half slower than them at Adelaide. And I have to be a silver and they have to be a bronze. And they've sort of said it's because of age and because of this and because of that. But ultimately, time-wise, I'm still a second and a half. So it's sort of hard to understand and hard to wrap your head around. I mean, it's flattering for me because it's like, oh, well, obviously, like they, they think I must be good enough. But at the same time, I'm actually not because there are bronze drivers who are extremely fast and, in my opinion, I shouldn't be a silver until I'm faster mm. than them is how you would assume that to go, yeah. but it's not the case.
0: You've used uh, some words in this interview twice now, which has sort of jolted my attention. Right, so the difference between Renee Gracie, motor racer version one, and Renee Gracie's comeback is that you went off and you became an OnlyFans star, mm-hmm. right? And you've talked about that badge being almost a, a stigma in mm. in the pit lane. Do you feel now, like now that you're back into it for a year and things that things have calmed down? People realise that you're just a normal human being, and yes, you're doing something by by choice. But do you feel like that's settled, or is it still a thing? Is it still a thing in the pit lane?
1: I think it's definitely settled to a degree. I think people didn't know what to expect. Obviously, mm. me coming back and now having this new career, being an OnlyFans creator, I don't think people knew. How I was going to come back Like, What, what are you going to be doing but yeah. I think people just thought It was going to be some crazy Extravagant thing And so many people kept saying It's for publicity It's for this It's for that And I think Once I did it People were like Oh she's actually just racing a car Like everybody mm. else It's just a sponsorship A sticker on the side Like I don't have OnlyFans Models walking around I don't have anything crazy going on I always used to say Everyone thinks I'm going to be Walking around with dildos Hanging from the walls And like crazy stuff But that's not the case It's mm. just I wanted to go racing I hit up OnlyFans for sponsorship It's a part of my story It's a part of my journey Right. I, I was... In motorsport, I loved it. I got kicked out. I was broke. I had nothing to do. I was desperate for, you know, money and, and to, to to survive. And I know that sounds dramatic, but I was didn't have a roof over my head. I was bumming off people and living with my manager and stuff in Melbourne. Like, I was struggling. And I, I was desperate. So, you know, I did, did what I had to do to survive. And some people might have different opinions of what they would do to survive. But it mm. was something that just was easy. A couple of pictures, 50 bucks here and there. Like, it was enough to, to pay my bills and to put my food in my mouth. So, I did it. And, and I think... For me, it was when I knew that I had OnlyFans, it made me almost want to do it more because it's who I'm known for now is is with the return, Renee, is people know me from doing OnlyFans, some people know me from obviously motorsport in the past. So it's it's a part of who I am and it's a huge huge part of my story. So the credibility towards OnlyFans being respectable because it's a platform that changed my life, and the platform isn't bad. Everyone, it's mm. got a bad rap, and it's not a bad platform. And you know, there's so many people who use it for so many different things. Like there's a Nana who does knitting tutorials that makes a million dollars a month doing crocheting. Like it's not that bad of a mm. platform. It's just got a bad rap because of people like me, essentially. But um, I just had a passion to to really show that this platform is a great platform, and it's changed many people's lives, men and women as well, not just obviously women doing what. Um, most of them do so for me it was really almost a driving point to really get that point across that we can come here we can have OnlyFans stuff I can be a creator I can do whatever I've got to do at home to earn money to pay for all of this but It's completely separate. Like this is racing, this is what I love doing, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I came here for. The stickers on the side of the car mean nothing and I definitely think I ticked all those boxes this year for most people. Some people are never going to agree with it.
0: Mm. Some people
1: will never like it. Some people will always find a way to complain about it and obviously some people are just going to be offended by it. Some people, you know, religion and whatever else and some people just are never going to accept it and that's perfectly fine. There's nothing I can do about it but I think there's a majority of people who have shifted their opinion.
0: Probably the final one to, to ask is, If you can get this licensing thing sorted out, it it sounds like there's going to be good international opportunities here. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's the goal. I didn't think that I would be in this position, that's Mm. for sure. It wasn't my plan to come into this. I really planned to come in to return more for myself to prove that I could do it. I was hopeful that racing would reignite my spark. Like I felt that I knew that I loved motorsport and I knew that I wanted to go racing again and doing that's obviously made me realise, like, oh, I love this. Like, I love I love motorsport when there's no crap in the background. there's no. I've got no managers. I've got no one else to worry about. It's just me going racing. I can have fun. And I think that was reflected on the year that I've had mm. and the success that I've had. And, and just, like, my mental health as well. Like, you know, when I used to race, I used to come home from a race meeting and just cry in misery because I had no money. I would get picked on. I got told I was overweight, this, this, this. And I just hated every second of it, where now I'm coming home and I'm just like you know I'm just excited for 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 life and for the next race and for for the future now so that's exactly what I wanted to achieve but I didn't actually think that I would sort of be so hooked and start thinking Oh, maybe I can go race in America <laughs> and maybe I can go race here and I wonder who else is looking for a drive and yeah it's, it's one of those things it's motorsport, it's addictive so yeah fingers crossed, even if it doesn't work out I'm sure I'll figure out a plan and, and we'll, we'll think of a plan B but ultimately to be a bronze and to run by myself and to hopefully be desirable to, to someone overseas is the ultimate goal.
0: You're back and you're enjoying it, that's the most important thing, thank you for joining us here on the KTM no Summer Grill. thank you. And of course thanks as well to uh, Mark Griffith, to MPC and all the, the team that have worked with Renee during the year, of and I will be back with another edition of the Summer Grill real soon here on Speed Cafe. You could be a winner each episode of the Summer Grill. KTM are giving you the chance to win a bar stool, a mug, and this race-inspired clock as well. So there's more good reasons to tune in and hear from some of the stars of world motorsport here as a part of the KTM Summer Grill. All you've got to do is click on the link below, fill in your details, and you could be in the running to win.